You know, Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibbs' new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he reveals the antidote to the lies we're told that have become increasingly harder to detect. From the inspiring foreword written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapters, Pastor Jack exposes how to combat deceptive spirits and equips us when we're deceived by the ultimate liar, Satan himself. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is a powerful must-read, and when you order, you can bundle by getting the DVDs and a downloadable link for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com radio. That's jackhibbs.com radio. Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. Is there, is there, is there not a concerted effort to try to break the bond between parents and children right now? Of course! On steroids. You cannot have a great reset if parents have strong bonds with their children. That is the only commandment that comes with a promise and involves your nation. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. Western values are an extension of the Judeo-Christian construct, specifically of Christian New Testament teaching. Western values is a belief in God-granted natural rights, in separation of powers, in consent of the governed. Western values does, rejects this idea that a singular individual has a mandate to rule without any question over you. Uh, Western values is the fruits of the Enlightenment blended correctly with the truths of the Bible and things from antiquity. Yeah. That, that Western values is why we are able to have the technological advancements, the medical advancements, the communication advancements that we enjoy. But more than anything else, Western values, this right here, what they say, this is code. Western values, no, no, no. They're really saying biblical values. That's you understand exactly that, it. Okay? Because they, they know that if they put biblical values on the website, boom, okay, then everyone will be talking about it. That's but right. Western values, like, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, that sounds like something in a college course. What they're trying to say is they're going to try to break, by 2030, biblical values. Yep. So more specifically, they want to break every single one of the Ten Commandments. Every single one. How about this? Is there, is there, is there not a concerted effort to try to break the bond between parents and children right now? Of course! On steroids. You cannot have a great reset if parents have strong bonds with their children. That is the only commandment that comes with a promise and involves your nation. It's the only commandment because it says, honor your mother and father so that you might live long in the land of which you are in. Promise and yep. your nation. How about not murdering? Do, do I have to go any further into what's happening exactly. in abortion? Exactly. They are doing everything they possibly can 
to break the Ten Commandments. And it's broader than that, but I think that's a good way to kind of frame it. Because the ten, I believe the Ten Commandments Absolutely. is just a really good starting point in more ways than one. Um, as far as just how you order society, and I think they are, I mean, they're, they're, they're beyond morally, trans, they are morally transcendent, and every person who, who lives them out will be individually, you know, flourishing and grow closer to God. But they, when they say they want to break those, they're going to try to do it not just through the laws, but also through, through trying to make it acceptable and, in fact, glorify it. Listen, the West did not create these values. There are biblical values, let's be more geographically specific, from the Middle East, right? From Israel, from the God of Israel. These values, Western values, no, no, no. It's the West that adopted those values. Any nation in the world, any continent, any family, any person can adopt those values. But the West adopted those values. The West chose to do that. How did it choose? Like the Enlightenment, Reformation period, evangelism. Our, our founding fathers believed the scriptures and made sure that the First Amendment was the First Amendment and the Second Amendment was the Second Amendment because they understood two things, that no matter what laws you pass, God has put it within a human being to speak his mind. And you can't outlaw that. That's our founding right. fathers knew that. Number two is that you must recognize that a family will do everything it can to protect itself against destruction from an outsider or from an invader, the right to bear arms. Don't think about a gun. You know, people, guns, guns. The reason why it's the Second Amendment is because it's a biblical fact that the Bible says, for example, if a man does not provide for his home, he's worse than a non-believer. That's not money. That's safety, protection, love, care. And so it's not a gun issue. It's a rock issue, a stone issue. It's you coming to uh, rape my wife. It, now it's a fist issue or whatever I can grab. Are you hearing me? This is within the human heart and soul. Everybody knows it, even the most progressive liberal that might be in the house tonight or viewing, they know it, that if you push too far, you're gonna get smacked down. Western values are really the, is that exactly what Charlie said, biblical worldview values. How are they destroyed? Summing up what he just said, Isaiah said it, it's repeated in the New Testament. Good must be called evil. That's exactly right. Evil must be called good. Yes. That's how you flip a Western or biblical culture. That's so true. Okay? I want to do another one here, which Let's pops out at people. Uh, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, right? Yeah. So th this is really important. The first real estate deal ever done in the history of the world recorded was Abraham yep. going down to Hebron and buying a plot of land to be able to bury himself and bury his future generations. First real estate deal that we know. And God never condemns owning property. In fact, he encourages being able to own property and to be able to trade in multiple times throughout the scriptures, parable of the talents and other things. Now, why is private property so important to freedom? It's very, it's very simple, look at Canada. If you do not have the ability to protect your own stuff, then it's not yours. They take it. It's the states and the governments. So let's just look, let's look at the Canadian example, right? Right across the border. We don't like your politics. We don't like your worldview. Your bank account is gone. What does that mean? That means your time is gone. That means your investments are gone. That means all of your hours you worked at work gone instantaneously. Private property is a stop sign and a do not enter sign for a tyrant to be able to get into your business. You cannot be free without private property. 
You cannot. It's impossible. Every common That's denominator right. of a totalitarian dictatorship first gets rid of some form of private property. Like, oh, no, no, you can't own oil wells in Venezuela. That's how they started. Then they're like, you can't have more than one restaurant in Cuba. That's what they said. We don't, have, we don't want to have people owning too many restaurants. Or you can't be too rich or too wealthy. And eventually, of course, it goes down to, we're just going to confiscate all your stuff, especially if you don't like what you have. But this is what the creepy part of this is, is that you'll own nothing, but then you'll also be happy. That's like the creepier part of the statement, yeah, that, right? That's exactly right. Which... I don't know about you, it sounds like really like hypnotic, as if like either you're gonna, oh, like we're gonna force you, like you're happy, right? I, yes, I'm so happy, super happy, thanks for asking. Like, thank you, <laughs> very happy. And this is why I think the yeah. number one is worth kind of dwelling on and exploring, Absolutely. is it's unbelievably totalitarian. It's like, you're gonna tell me I'm gonna be happy? Like, hold on a second, no. Like, you have no, deter you have no determination over my happiness at all whatsoever, okay? Yeah. And the fact you're going to command me to first own nothing and I'll like it, and you're going to tell me I'm going to like it, I think just goes to show exactly who they think they are. Allow me to put the Bible uh, app on this. And it, it, the, the scripture speaks about private ownership throughout the scripture. Abraham owned land. He owned cattle. He, he had sheep. Ownership. You cannot have biblical stewardship, which you and I are going to be judged on before the day of Christ. When we, the believers, stand before the Lord, notice one of the things that we're going to be judged on when Jesus examines the believer's life. What were we faithful, or how were we faithful with what he gave us uh, to own? Did we use it and keep it for ourselves, or did we multiply it and make it useful to others? Many times Jesus speaks in the New Testament, even through parables, that a man had land and he had to harvest and he went out and hired others to come and work his fields. Understand this. The Great Reset is against all that. They want to own everything that you have. It's not the fact that they own so much themselves. They want to be that godlike entity that makes you the peasant. But know this, by the way. There's a lot of people in the young generation, they don't believe that they need to make a profit. They don't believe That's that right. they, they don't believe that because they think it's greedy. Let me, let me give you a little bit of smelling salts right now on, on this one. When it comes to needs and acts of benevolence, the United States is the most generous nation and it has been for over 90 years when something happens in the world, the United States responds and with the biggest. All right? Even right now, the amount of money, which is kind of spooky, the amount of money that's being flooded into Ukraine right now by, by well-meaning Christians, you don't know where it's going. We did that in Haiti. We're doing it again. Be careful. Watch out. But the point is this. Private ownership is not only mentioned in Scripture, it's taught, and God's going to judge us someday as to what did we do with what we had. That's right. And he never, listen, he never says that poverty is a virtue. Think about that. How are you going to feed people that can't make it? It's the middle class that feeds people who can't make it. And listen, have you ever worked and succeeded working for a poor man? I haven't. You don't work for poor people. You work for people who are succeeding. And God says, if you're faithful in a little bit, That's right. I'll make you faithful in more. The issue comes down to what are you doing with what you have? And it's that individual's business to do whatever they want to do with what they have. But it's not to take it away and give it to Hillary Clinton. 
it's not to redistribute the wealth like Barack Obama wants us to do. You think about that for a moment. And that's one of the reasons why people are still trying to break into this country. It's the place that is still a beacon of hope. A billion people will be displaced because of climate change. Um, is the climate changing? I know the climate well, ebbs and flows. We know from archeological so, and, and uh, ice age data that yeah, it ebbs and flows. Look, so I do believe that people will be displaced. I don't think it's gonna be because of climate change and the Bible actually talks about you know, massive people displacement. But look, the, the climate change debate is such a disingenuous debate, it is. Because if they actually believed in it which, they, it, it, which they don't, they would want natural gas, which is incredibly environmentally efficient, and they'd also be open to nuclear energy, which they're not, of course. No. Um, but they can't answer the three most important questions of climate change, right? Which is, okay, um, how much are human beings contributing? So that if the climate is changing and temperatures are going up, how much is it human beings? Like, oh, we don't know that. Oh, you don't know how much it's human? So is it 1%, half of 1%, 5%, 10%? Are there any other external contributing factors? Like, okay, that's the first question. The second question when it comes to climate change, if human beings are contributing, what could be done to actually lower it? Right, that's an interesting question, right? Which is, okay, if America decides to stop using coal-fired power plants, but China builds 20 new ones, same planet, same Earth, does it really make that big of a difference, right? They can't answer that. And then the third thing, which is the most important question, which is how you know you're dealing with an adult versus a child. And this is, this is a Dennis Prager quote, which God bless Dennis Prager. It's very simple, yeah. which is, adults ask the question, what's the cost? Children never ask those questions. That's so true. what's the cost? Okay, so we embrace this climate change thing. We're all in. We're putting our climate change super suit on, right? What's the cost? Well, Putin's going to try to take Ukraine. That's a big cost. What's the cost? Well, poor people in India won't be able to have hospitals powered because solar panels aren't able to deliver that kind of energy reliably. That's, right. That's a cost. So you could read all the climate change literature and it all comes down to one very, very basic thing that we know about the world. That we should try to get the world's poorest people access to the cheapest energy as quickly as possible to break out of their state of poverty. That's it. That is an, ir that is an irrefutable fact. Is that we should try to get the world's poorest people mm -hmm. the cheapest energy so they can break out of their state as quickly as possible. And it's so easy, everybody, That's for true. us in our Western country That's to right. just give lectures about solar panels and Tesla and all of this, where you're talking about countries like Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia, and the Philippines, and India, where they have hundreds of millions of people that are running waters and toilets, where they're just trying to build regular grids that work in schools and hospitals, and you're trying to lecture them about carbon emissions? Exactly. Like, they're trying to get their life expectancy above 50 for right. entire cities and entire provinces. And so we, from a Christian standpoint, should say, okay, God gave us fossil fuels to be able to flourish and to make dominion over the earth. And if that can extend the life expectancy of our fellow humans halfway across the world, why would we try to, why would you try to forsake that? But... But if you don't believe there is a God and you believe you That's are God it. and you believe human beings are just clumps of cells and not mind, body, and spirit, then why wouldn't you depopulate to 100 million people? Because you'd worship the earth and you'd be in control. Here's amazing. I, I grew up in Southern California and born in San Diego. And uh, that was 64 years ago. So I remember, do you guys remember if you grew up here, uh, smog, smog alerts? Do you remember when you couldn't go outside of your school classroom? Do you remember there was no football games or baseball games after school canceled because of the air? Do you remember your lungs burning and you were in the sixth grade from running? That's all gone now. That doesn't happen anymore. You got to remember that. Technology advancement. In fact, we've got at least double the amount of population here now. That's right. That's the legal ones. 
right? And, and we, we have crystal clear skies. We have crystal clear skies. What's going on? These are, I, I see so many of these, these things of fear-mongering people yes. into control. So Jack, uh, in the time we have remaining, I did tease the hope. So I, I do want people to leave, leave a little bit optimistic. Is that, is that okay? Yeah. Do you guys want to leave a little bit optimistic? Is that okay? So um, I, I just want to talk a little bit about how I think all of this is kind of being put into jeopardy. If you guys want to be totally like sullen and sad, like we'll leave it at that. But um, so, <laughs> so look, um, we're dealing with a group of people that believe they're God, and I believe in the Genesis 11 principle, which is that anyone that tries to build anything to challenge God's authority, God will scatter into confusion and into chaos. That is the Genesis 11 principle, right? I believe that is true today, I believe it's true tomorrow, and I believe that is an eternal That's right. truth. That's right. How, and, but I want to just, I want to encourage all of you right now. You guys are so blessed to have Jack Hibbs as your pastor. He does such an unbelievable job. I mean that. This guy is one of the best Bible teachers in the country, and his, his stamina is unbelievable, right? I mean, he just produces and produces. It's just incredible, and I really look up to you, Jack. I mean that. And so, um, you know, I want to say that I spoke here back on January 21st of last year, the day after the inauguration, and you guys were really sad. <laughs> and I was too. However, I remember being backstage and I had to force myself to try to come at you guys with optimism and with energy and with positivity. In this last year, where you guys could have gave up, where you saw what you're up against with Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum, Bill Gates, mandatory vaccines, mass mandates and all this, you guys went to work. You guys started showing up at school board meetings all, all across this area. <laughs> you guys started to ask yeah. questions. You guys started to run for school board. The American homeschooling population quadrupled That's in the right. last year. By four. That's a threat to the Great Reset, by the way. That is a direct threat to the Great Reset. When parents start to get back into taking ownership of the education. We started to see school boards flip. That's right. We saw the news of what happened in Virginia. We saw what happened in New Jersey. We're not just the political side of it. But all of a sudden, we started to see, and we're living through it right now, the rise of the citizen. The World Economic Forum, the Leonardo DiCaprio, the Bill Gates, all these people, they thought in January of last year, if they called you insurrectionists, mm -hmm. if they sent the Department of Justice after moms and dads, if they wrote memos from the Attorney General, that they could metaphorically break your will by blitzkrieging you into surrender. Mm. They actually thought this. They thought that after COVID and the deterioration of the currency and the mask mandates and all of this, that you would sue for peace. That was their plan. And that was a really dumb plan. <laughs> they thought that you were gonna give up and you're like, okay, I, I got it, fine. Mitt Romney be in charge of our movement, we're done. Like, no more. <laughs> and so many of you were like, you know what? I've had it. I wanna do more than just watch Tucker Carlson, God bless him every night, buy the pillow and hope things get better, right? <laughs> All of a sudden, you guys did what you weren't supposed to do. That's right. You participated, those of you that gave money, those of you that showed up in a glitch in the matrix. And now the Klaus Schwabs 
the World Economic Forum types don't know which way to look because they're like, wait a second, these people that are supposed to be meatless and super happy about owning nothing and America falling apart is they're righteously angry, yet they're still happy because they believe in something we don't and they're about to displace us from power and they're super worried about it. That's exactly right, that's exactly right. Exactly right. And so, how, how do you push back against it? You already are. Do more of it. Keep organizing. Stay optimistic. Keep learning. Keep homeschooling your kids. It's, believe that victory is in our sights because it is. Because the people that are in charge, the World Economic Forum, the Davos types, is that that's all they have. Their strategy is super simple. Break it, reset it. Break it, reset it. Okay, well, you're not gonna break it on our watch. So what else you got? Because we're gonna restore this. That's right. In fact, we're gonna be stronger than ever. More people are rising up than we've ever seen. So it's so a message true. of optimism, Jack. I gotta tell you, your hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for your sins. Love did that. Love for you did that. He rose again from the dead. That's how you're justified. Listen, getting to heaven is not by being religious. It's not by being baptized or sending money in or doing some penance. Thank God that the Gospels announce that when the two thieves, the two malefactors, those are bad guys, that were crucified flanking Jesus on both sides, it's a picture of the world, is it not? Both of them were terribly guilty. Both of them knew it. One died on the cross in his guilt and shame. The other one said, Lord Jesus, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? What a statement, what a question, what a request. He didn't even say, God, forgive me. Jesus looked into his soul and unpacked what was in that question. And he said, today, you'll be with me in paradise. The guy wasn't baptized. He didn't tie the penny. He didn't do anything good. He just recognized who Jesus Christ was. And you can do the same thing tonight. He's the Lord. He loves you. He rescued from your sins. This Jack Kemp's podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener-supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm at the nail salon. I'm at the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart, delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes 
Only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.